this is Larry Yelnick. Father Jim Lothamer and I did this in 2011 as an evangelization tool so that we could share this with friends, family, loved ones uh, that are in the church or away from the church or have never been in the church to help them come to the church. Hopefully you will share this with others and find it very interesting. It's about 55 minutes long, so enjoy. Thank you. My name is uh, Larry Yelmick, and I'm with Father Jim Lathamer. And um, how long have you been a priest, Father? For 43 years. So you know what it's like to be a priest then. <laughs> You've seen a lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a lot of blessings. Mm -hmm. I thank you very much for serving. Um, what I want to do is have a uh, have a group of questions and uh, hear, what, uh, hear what you have to say about this, Father. Mm -hmm. um, Our church is a mystery by nature. Tell us about it. Well, okay, the, uh, you know, the church. Um, I think a lot of times when people hear the word the church, uh, what they uh, immediately think about is uh, what we might call the, the, the uh, leadership of the church, uh, the pope, the bishops, the priests. The church says this, or the church says that. And, but there's another meaning of the word church that is much more taken from the Bible, uh, and that's much more... I think uh, means something to people in their ordinary everyday lives and one of the words that the church or that the Bible uses uh, it calls uh, the church the people of God and I like that term because it sort of tells us that we're all together in one community we're brothers and sisters with each other in one community and it's like the people of God of old, we're journeying through history and uh, we're making a pilgrimage together. And so that means, uh, like all things in history, there's ups and there's downs. Uh, there's holiness and there's uh, the mystery of sin. So, uh, and I think, you know, that when we're invited to become a part of the church, we're being invited to become a part of a people. Uh, a part of a community and that's right there uh, in, in your local area. Um, but for us as Christians, you know, this people of God takes on a special meaning because because of our faith in the Lord Jesus, because in baptism, as Paul tells us, we're immersed into the mystery of Christ's death and resurrection. So one of Paul's favorite terms is to say that the church is the body of Christ. I think when we use a term like that, it's suddenly like, well, this community uh, is a way in which Christ is present in our world today. And the witness that we give is a witness to Christ. And that what is at the heart of this community is the Lord Jesus our faith in Him, our discipleship following Him, our belief in Him. So when you uh, uh, express an interest in joining the church, becoming a part of the church, it's a way of saying that I want to associate myself, not just with the people of God, but I want to associate myself with these people who are in Christ these people who are with Christ, who've been baptized into him. And that is indeed a mystery, that uh, God's grace would bind us together in Jesus and make us brothers and sisters. So you are invited to join us and uh, to become a part of that mystery of Christ's presence in the world. Of course, you realize that in joining us as a people, you're also joining a people that's journeying through history and we have lots of ups and downs there's no perfect church and uh, but what makes us perfect 
or what makes us holy, you might say, uh, is not our works, uh, but the presence of Christ and the grace of Christ. Thank you, Father. Father Jim, how does someone come home to the church? Well, I think, uh, uh, you know, how, how does somebody come home to the church? Sometimes people use the, say the word, you know, how do I come back to the church? Or how do I get reconnected with the church? Or how do I pick up uh, the practice of my faith? There's all sorts of ways of saying this. And, uh, but I think in the question uh, is the best word of all is home. Because, you know, I would hope that you would see the church as a home. A, a place where you are welcome. And I say that despite the fact that maybe in your searching for to return to this home, you know, you might have run into the grouchy priest uh, or the closed office uh, at the parish when you went up there to knock uh, or the telephone call that you made that was not returned. And, uh, you, you know, this is not a perfect uh, community. It's not a perfect family. So a lot of times people will run into things initially that are a big turnoff. And, and, you know, I apologize for that. And I think in my own life, you know, the telephone calls I've missed or the times that I've forgotten to call somebody back or something like that. And I can only ask God's forgiveness for that. But... The more important thing is, you know, the church is your home. So you've got a right to be here. And uh, it's like the image in the gospel, knocking on the door, and uh, kind of the persistent knocking on the door. Uh, don't give up because this is your place. It, it belongs to you. I think uh, uh, in coming back to the church, what you need to do is to ask yourself, kind of search your own heart here, uh, what is it that you are asking for in in coming back to the church and returning to, in getting re-involved with this community that, in the last question, we call the, the people of God, uh, the body of Christ. Uh, you know, because um, the, the, the way the that most people would come back after they've been away for a long time uh, is through the sacrament of reconciliation. And there we see uh, where the word really takes on a significance. You know, we've been estranged, we've been away, uh, we've been someplace else, and now we want a sense of coming back, we want a sense of reconciliation. So the sacrament of reconciliation is the most typical way in which people would come back to the church. And um, so, so, so to the celebration of that sacrament. But I think there's also another question here, uh, and, and that is, what is it that you're looking for in coming back to the church, uh, in coming back home? And, uh, you know, is it, are, are you looking for just to be, uh, you know, just a, a membership, to be a part of a family again, and kind of a, a, a minimal sort of thing, uh, which you, you know, kind of are a minimal member by participating in Sunday Mass. Uh, and, uh, or is it that you're looking for something deeper? And I hope if you're coming back to the church, what it means is you're looking for something deeper, looking for something more. And, uh, uh, you know, that you want to get involved in the community. You want to get involved in these people and in the work that they're doing. Every church community, every parish community has all sorts of activities and projects that are being carried out in the name of the Lord Jesus and that are giving witness to Jesus in the world whether it's programs that are feeding the hungry or uh, caring for people, uh, you know, who need some kind of clothing or shelter, or whether it's uh, programs that are handing on the faith to the next generation, or whatever other kind of a program it might be, or whether it's just helping maintain the place, 
uh, participating as a gardener or something like that. You know, I think, you know, to come home means more than just coming up, just coming back and taking up space. Uh, hopefully what you want to do is, is, is to get involved. There's also another level of uh, that, that I think of coming back to the church, which to me is the most significant of all. And this is maybe the, the deepest reason of all. And that is, I want to come back to the church because I want to grow spiritually. Uh, I want to, I, I, I want to grow spiritually. Um, I want to deepen my relationship with the Lord Jesus. I want to learn how to pray. Uh, I want to learn how to share my faith with other people. Okay, this is a level of coming back that's much deeper than just being at Mass on Sunday or participating in some project uh, or activity at church. Uh, this is the motive here is something is happening within me and I want to grow and I want to be spiritually nourished and fed. And parishes have people just like you. Whether it's a prayer group or whether it's some kind of a faith sharing group or whatever it might be, as I say, I think this is the deepest level of what it might mean to come home to the church. And I hope if you're thinking of coming back to the church, uh, it's uh, not only for reconciliation, but it's because I want to grow. I want to deepen my relationship with the Lord Jesus, and I want to nourish that relationship uh, through my reading of the scriptures, through uh, my, my, my prayer, uh, personal prayer in my life. Well, that's when you're bringing up uh, reconciliation, that's can, uh, can be a scary idea. How come I can't go directly to God for forgiveness? Okay, uh, reconciliation, the sacrament of reconciliation uh, is uh, many times called the sacrament of confession or the sacrament of penance. It's got three different names and uh, all gives us a little different angle. But I think the question that many people ask is, well, why do, uh, why would I go to a priest? Uh, why would I go to the church uh, for reconciliation? Why can't I go directly to God? And uh, my answer to that is, you can. You can go directly to God. Uh, let's just talk about the three ways, I think, that the New Testament gives us of, uh, you know, how we would use the word deal, you know, how we would deal with sin in our lives, estrangement from the community, from Christ, whatever that is burdening our soul, uh, however we have felt we have uh, offended God or our neighbor. And I think uh, the, the, uh, the Bible is pretty clear, uh, uh, you know, that, that there's, uh, I'll say there's three ways that we can celebrate reconciliation or forgiveness in our lives. And the first one is very clear, uh, to go directly to God in prayer. And I don't know what the Bible is more clear about than, you know, because of Jesus, we have access to the Father. We can pray directly to the Father and we can ask God for forgiveness. And our prayer in Christ and through Christ uh, Christ assures us of God's forgiveness. And I think that, that we can never forget that. So if, uh, you know, if we've done something in life and uh, we realize that you know, this is not right, this is not the way of the Lord, uh, this uh, 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 is against the commandments of God, uh, this is a sin, you know, if we realize that in our life, I would hope that we would get down on our knees as soon as possible and ask God for forgiveness. This is very important that we're in God's friendship and we express this, this as sorrow. So going directly to God for forgiveness, that is certainly a way for Christians to celebrate forgiveness and reconciliation in their lives. 
Uh, a second way that we celebrate reconciliation, forgiveness in, in our lives is if uh, I have offended somebody or somebody has offended me, and uh, you know to go directly to that person and uh, to ask for forgiveness or to give forgiveness. And what Jesus tells us in the Bible is that you know, in that action of reconciliation or forgiveness of someone else or someone forgiving me, you know, is the experience of God's forgiveness as well too. So, you know, this is something that we're encouraged to do, to go to one another, to forgive one another, to ask for forgiveness. I, I think, uh, you know, in families, uh, you know, this is a normal way for reconciliation, uh, that we learn how to say, I forgive, or to say to one another, I'm sorry. We don't know how to say those words, I'm sorry, or I forgive. I think it's uh, a lot of stuff gets uh, shoved under the rug and, and never gets dealt with. So reconciliation with one another, uh, forgiveness to one another, uh, and in that moment of forgiveness uh, is the ex God's forgiveness as well. Too. We become, as it were, kind of sacraments to each other, the presence, the working of God. The third way in which uh, uh, we uh, celebrate forgiveness is that we go to the church. And uh, certainly there's nothing more clear in the New Testament that Jesus gave to the community the mission of the forgiveness of sins. Uh, and uh, that's seen at the uh, Easter Sunday night in John's Gospel where you know, Jesus says, uh, you know, he breathed the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, uh, the church there. And he says to that community, you know, whose sins uh, uh, you forgive, they are forgiven. Whose sins you retain, they are retained. Kind of a, a typical Jewish way of talking about the forgiveness and the mission that the church has of forgiveness. Uh, other places in the uh, New Testament talk about confess your sins to one another. And so there's uh, 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 going to the going to the church to celebrate forgiveness. That essentially is what uh, a reconciliation, the sacrament of reconciliation, is. It is a church celebration of reconciliation with God and with the community. And I think what the Catholic Church says, and, uh, and you know, this has been. The tradition, uh, even uh, Martin Luther, the reformers, maintained uh, the, the the sacrament of uh, confession, as it was called, uh, or reconciliation. It was only lost somewhat later uh, in in the the reform tradition, but uh, but this sacrament has been uh, uh, an important part of the church's ministry, especially after people were baptized and uh, and failed in their baptismal commitments, how do we bring them back into the community? And uh, so it's kind of a, a community act, community prayer. I think the value of uh, reconciliation, the sacrament of reconciliation, is as Catholics, of course, uh, the essence of our belief about sacraments is that you know, the real presence of Christ in the sacraments. And the sacraments are moments of meeting, of encountering the Lord Jesus. So what we as Catholics say is that, you know, in the sacrament of reconciliation, uh, I am saying my sins, my wrongs, not just to the priest, but I'm publicly confessing them to Jesus. And the words of forgiveness that I hear from the priest ultimately are not the words of the priest. They are the words of Christ to me. And I think that that very personalized celebration, my confession, and my hearing those words uh, can be a powerful moment, especially for somebody who has been distanced from the church. Uh, and who really is seeking reconciliation. So the three ways of forgiveness of our lives going directly to God, 
going to our neighbor uh, and uh, going to the community of the church and through the ministry of the church, the ministry of the priest, <coughs> uh, that uh, we would uh, that we would celebrate the forgiveness of God in our lives. Father, um, where do I go to confession? Okay, where do you celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation, or as many people say, go to confession? Uh, well, uh, okay, first of all, just to realize today that the sacrament has three different names that you're going to hear. Uh, you're going to, it's called the sacrament of confession. That's kind of a traditional name. Uh, more recently, uh, it's called the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And that kind of puts the focus not so much on the confessing of sins, but rather upon uh, the grace that Christ grants us uh, of reconciling healing. Um, the other name for the sacrament is the Sacrament of Penance. And uh, we can talk about that a little later. But, okay, how do you celebrate the sacrament? Where do you go? Uh, if you are returning to the church, after some years or whatever might be your life situation or your personal story uh, as i say the normal way to do this would be through a celebration of the sacrament of reconciliation what i think what i would suggest is that you uh give your local priest uh, uh, a call and talk to him on the telephone or, or make an appointment uh, to go and see him but uh, in, in, you can actually celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation um, right there in the priest's office. So you don't have to go to church, you don't have to go anyplace special, uh, and you can celebrate it uh, in his office and just explain to him your situation and uh, that your conversation and, uh, uh, you know, as you kind of explain where you've been in your life and what's been happening, and things like this, uh, that can be your sacrament of, celebra uh, of reconciliation, and the uh, and the priest will um, be very honored to to say the church's words, prayer of forgiveness, and to speak to you about the forgiveness that Jesus offers us. Okay, so that would be, you know, call the priest up, make an appointment, and go and uh, have a, a meeting with him right there in the church office. Uh, I have had many, many confessions uh, in that situation. And a lot of times people free, feel a lot more free just sitting there in a the chair and uh, talking with the priest and it's, it's a little more relaxed. Okay? Now, another way uh, of doing this would be to call the priest up and to say, maybe to explain your situation and tell him that you want to celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, uh, returning to the community, and uh, could he meet you in church uh, at a certain time or a certain day, and uh, okay, you kind of set that up, and most likely what you will do is you will meet in a little chapel that's called the Reconciliation Chapel. And it's not a very big room, but again, it is a room there where you can uh, sit uh, and the priest is in and kind of face to face and talk to the priest. Or if you prefer, there's a kneeler there with a screen and you could go in and kneel and talk to the priest and, and do this uh, somewhat anonymously. Uh, believe me, it doesn't make too much difference to the priest. Uh, people do it sort of half and half. Uh, some prefer the anonymity, some prefer the face-to-face. -face. Uh, for myself, because you're going to have a discussion about where you've been or what it is that you're looking for in the church, it, it's a little easier if the person is sitting and you're talking face to face, and uh, you know, of course, the question is, well, gee, what is he going to think about me if I tell him all this stuff? I can only tell you from my own experience that uh, you know, you develop, I'll call it, a professional ability to forget, 
and uh, I walk out of that confessional, out of that reconciliation chapel, and I can tell you that uh, it, it, I, I don't spend time thinking about it or even remembering it. So uh, I, I, that's, that's really not an issue. Another way of going to confession would be every parish has uh, a scheduled time for celebrating the Sacrament of Reconciliation. A lot of times it's on Saturday afternoon, from 3 until 4 in the afternoon, or from 3.30 until 4.30, or something like that. You can find this information in the, um, uh, in the church bulletin. And you could just go at that regularly scheduled time. Now, um, while this is possible, I don't recommend it for this reason. When you go at this regularly scheduled time, there will be others there who will also want to celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And I think for you returning to the church and um, uh, coming back to the community, you might want to spend a little time. You know, you might want to have a, a, a conversation with the priest. You know, that's going to take maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes, maybe even a half hour. Okay, so when you go and the confessions are scheduled from 3.30 to 4.30 and there are 20 people there, it is hard for the priest to give you the time that you really need. So this is a possible way. It is my least favorite way for that for the person returning to uh, the church community, for the church person coming back, but it is possible. So as I say, you know, calling up, making an appointment, meeting the priest in his office, or calling up, making an appointment to meet the priest in the church at a special time where you could spend some time, or uh, looking at the schedule uh, for, uh, uh, for reconciliation and going at that time. The first two certainly are more preferable for someone coming back to the church. I'm divorced. Is there hope for me? Uh, is there hope for you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think uh, uh, we all live in hope, and so, you know we 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 all live uh, coming from uh, uh, imperfect lives and. You know, we, as the Bible says, we've all fallen short uh, of the glory of God. So, um, yes, and and I think you know this is a big ministry in the church today is welcoming uh, the divorced into the community, welcoming those who are remarried into the community. And uh, to let them know that, uh, yes, everyone has a place in the people of God. We're all brothers and sisters together, and we value your companionship, your journey with us. Um, there are you know, maybe a couple little technicalities here. Uh, first of all, if you are divorced and not remarried, um, in a way, there's no sin in being divorced. Uh, you know, I mean, especially if this is not your fault. A and, uh, you know, if this is you are a victim of circumstances or whatever. So, if you are divorced and not remarried, there's no reason for you not to continue your. Uh, being a, a part of the church and the communion of the church uh, and receiving communion and uh, so you are welcome and okay so if, if you're not married if you are remarried <clears throat> um, what the priest is going to do as part of this uh, reconciliation with the church is to encourage you to have your marriage your second marriage celebrated as a sacrament 
uh, within the church. You were married by a justice of the peace or by a minister or in some other circumstances. And so the priest will want you to have your marriage celebrated as a sacrament within the church. Many times uh, what, this is, uh, uh, what this means is that you would get uh, what's called an annulment. And uh, an annulment is a technical word in which the church takes a look at the previous marriage and says, well, there were factors there present at the beginning of this marriage uh, which did not fulfill the requirements for being a full sacramental uh, or valid marriage. So even though you may have uh, lived together for a number of years uh, and may have had a family, so, uh, but, but that, that would be the, the uh, uh, that would be what the priest would encourage you to do is to, uh, is to get an annulment. A lot of people think this is a complicated process or an expensive process. Uh, I can tell you from my experience, uh, it is not complicated. And secondly, it is not expensive. There's a little administration fee. Uh, but that's it. So uh, this is something that you would want to uh, that you would want to talk about with your parish priest. And a lot of times the parish priest will have someone else who will actually do the work. It might be a deacon in the parish, or it might be a lay person on this parish staff who's uh, trained in annulments, and uh, uh, and they would help you out with yours. So. Uh, hopefully this would not be too complicated for you. Thank you, Father. I'm addicted to porn. What do I do? Well, uh, I, I would say um, you are not alone. And um, this, is a, this is a serious issue in our society today, it affects not only adults, but because of the computer and the internet and the accessibility of porn on the internet, um, we know that our children, uh, they know how to uh, operate a, a computer in the internet, and if there are no screens on the internet programs, they can have access to porn very, very easily. So, uh, um, as a priest, I can tell you that uh, what people say in the Sacrament of Reconciliation has changed dramatically over the past 20 years because uh, a lot of people come and they have this very same question. How, what can I do? How can I get help? Um, the, this is a, a, the issue of pornography uh, is, uh, you know, is the addiction. Uh, it, it, it is an addiction. And so <clears throat> it needs to be treated, addressed like an addiction. And if you know people who have had a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction uh, and the kind of programs that they've gone through to overcome their addictions, then this is the kind of program that you know, we need to go through if pornography is our addiction. And um, so I think that the, the important insight is that we can come to reconciliation, we can come to confession, and we can confess this, but the issue is more than confessing, uh, it's more than my good intentions, and it's more than a firm resolution that I won't do this again. because. Anybody who's uh, uh, had a drug addiction or uh, an alcohol addiction has gone through the same thing. Uh, you swear that you're never going to do this again. 
you, 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 you pray that uh, you're able to stop this, and then lo and behold, uh, you're back in the same place again. So it's the nature of addiction. So we have to address it not just as a sin for which we ask for forgiveness and God's grace, but it's also an illness, uh, an addiction. So it needs to be addressed on that level too. So if you are addicted to pornography, I think the wise confessor, the wise priest, the wise spiritual director uh, is going to try to channel you into uh, you know, some recovery program so that you begin to learn how to build up the strengths and the motivations and the focus in order to, uh, 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 in order to move through this addiction and to see life on the other side, that is life without the addiction. So, um, it's more than just saying no. It's more than just saying I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, it, it is an addiction and needs to be treated that way. Uh, as I say, uh, uh, you know, if pornography is an issue for you, that you cannot overcome, then you need to search out the appropriate help. And hopefully if you go to your pastor, to your priest or a spiritual guide, they would direct you in a wise way and, uh, and in a healing way and in a healthy way. Um, there are some practical things you can do uh, about pornography. You know, one, I always tell people, Get the computer out of the dark room, out of the basement, or out of the little cubby hole, or out of the room that nobody uses. Uh, you know, put the computer out in the living room. You know, where everybody's going to see it. You know, because part of addictions is it feeds on secrecy, where nobody's going to see it. So, well, get it out there in the light, and that's one very practical step that you can take. So the question was, you know, am I alone? No, you're not alone. Uh, this is an immense problem, serious issue, and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, the message of Christ and the ministry of the church would encourage you to move in a direction of healing. It's legal to have an abortion. Okay, um, well, what do I, I say about abortion? Uh, this is, uh, again, uh, an issue that has emerged over the last 30 or 40 years. And uh, because uh, abortions have become legal in the United States in most circumstances. I think here's a good issue where um, you know, not everything that is legal uh, is morally or ethically right. And uh, so for us as Catholics, as Christians, uh, for us who, who are reading the Bible and the message of the scriptures and sort of see there, uh, you know, the Word of God and something that is authoritative for our lives, I think we, we understand what the Word is telling us is that every human life has value and has dignity from uh, its beginning until its natural ending. <clears throat> and that our responsibility as Christians in life is to respect life. So the, the Christian community is basically uh, a, a, a pro-life community. And uh, uh, I mean, that's part of the gospel. And uh, Pope John Paul talked about the gospel of life. I think also that this issue of abortion in our society fits in with a, a number of 
other issues in our world today where we see human life being attacked, uh, being threatened, and not respected and not given the dignity. Um, in, in many, many countries uh, around the world, for instance, uh, torture is, uh, is common. And as Christians, we would we have the same reaction. You know, this is not right. This violates the dignity of human life. Uh, in other places, you know, because of corruption or whatever, we see a, a, a disregard for people's living conditions or having access to food or shelter, whatever. People are living lives of, of, of misery. And again, we would say, you know, this is not right. This is a violation uh, of the dignity of human life. Uh, and if governments exist for any purpose at all, uh, it is to protect and to guard and to enhance the dignity. So the discussion of uh, euthanasia, you know, the taking of life, uh, at the end of life, for whatever reason, can we would see this as uh, you know this is this is a violation of uh, you know the respect that we owe human life. Uh, many uh, Christians today would be against capital punishment for the very same reason. So in other words, in our society, there are a whole lot of life issues, and I think what the church tries to do is to give a witness. Uh, to being pro-life uh, itself. So, uh, what we see abortion as uh, is it's equivalent to, to killing. Uh, that is to taking innocent life. Taking life unjustly. Uh, you know, because this little child, uh, regardless of how tiny it is, uh, has done nothing wrong. Uh, that it would deserve to be deprived of life. Uh, our own constitution talks about uh, you know uh, the right to life, uh, to liberty, uh, to expressing oneself, uh, and uh, and and the pursuit of happiness. So we believe that that belongs to these little children as well too. So yes, we, we the the Christian community is pro-life and uh, the Christian community today especially wants to give a witness to the dignity of all human life uh, from conception until natural death regardless of whether that life is making a contribution to society or not. Our dignity comes from God. It does not come from the state through its laws and it doesn't come from society because we make a contribution to society. Our dignity is from God. And so each person, I say, you know, is, is like a sacrament. Uh, each person demands uh, our honor, our respect, our reverence. In having an abortion, is that forgiven in reconciliation also? Sure, and I, I, I think that um, there are many ministries uh, in the church today that would welcome and seek a healing and reconciliation for women who have suffered uh, an abortion. And, uh, you know, who want to move beyond this, who, who want to turn their lives back to the Lord, and uh, who, who want to move beyond maybe the guilt uh, that they're feeling for this, uh, and who want to express some kind of a sorrow for this. And... Uh, so, as I say, there are, there are many ministries in the church today. One of the ministries uh, would be 
for someone to celebrate reconciliation. I mean, here again, we can see where the word of the sacrament, the name of the sacrament, really means something. Uh, reconciliation. You know, that I am back together with the community of the church. I am back together with Christ uh, and uh, in the love of God. So, uh, yes, yeah, this would be this would be a, a powerful moment in somebody's uh, healing efforts, uh, healing program that they might be in after an abortion uh, would be the celebration of the sacrament of reconciliation. Thank you, Father. Father, I was raised in another church. How do I come to the Catholic Church? Well, uh, I think... Uh, um, you know, prior to Vatican II, the Catholic Church's attitude was, I say, you know, rather standoffish and elitist, or, you know, it was kind of like, uh, well, there's nothing but error outside of the Church. And uh, I think that reading the Gospel more closely has caused a change in our Catholic Church and uh, an appreciation for the life of faith and the life of grace in other churches. So if you are coming from uh, uh, another church and uh, you have been raised in that church uh, and uh, you know, you have come to know the Lord Jesus in that church and you've come to discover the scriptures and now your faith journey is taking you in the direction of the Catholic Church uh, you know our response is that the grace of Christ is already with you on your journey you are not coming to our community as quote uh, a convert from uh, non-belief or a convert uh, uh, who hasn't known Christ. You're, and, and, and many people who come to the Catholic Church have already been baptized. We recognize that baptism, that ministry of other churches, when you are baptized uh, in water, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So. Your coming to the Catholic Church uh, is, uh, uh, is, is an indication of continued growth in the Christ life, uh, maybe of a fulfillment, a completion, uh, a filling out of the Christ life, maybe that you felt was missing or you had discovered in your own church. And I know a lot of uh, Christians who come to the Catholic Church, what draws them especially is the Eucharist and uh, the celebration of the Eucharist. And because they, have, they, they, they come with a desire for the Eucharist, for the celebration of the Eucharist and uh, for, uh, for receiving for the gift of Holy Communion, and they do this because they felt that this was not a part of their church life. Uh, this was something that was missing or lacking. So, so they're coming to the Catholic Church, uh, uh, you know, looking to fill out, uh, you know, what they already have in Christ. And and we welcome them as such. You know, we don't treat them as non-believers or people who don't know the Lord Jesus. Now, it is a fact that some people were raised, uh, uh, they were baptized in a church, but never practiced their Christianity, never came to know Christ at all, uh, not through the fault of the church they belong to, but simply because they never showed any interest or their, their parents never educated them. So, for all practical uh, purposes, uh, they're members of another church, but they don't know the Lord Jesus. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they've never uh, personally accepted Christ as their Savior. And, uh, and they are attracted to the Catholic Church, maybe for all different reasons. 
and you know the kind of a sense of truth of the gospel or a faithfulness to the gospel message or the fullness of the gospel message whatever <coughs> whatever it might be they're drawn to the catholic church and we would receive them you might say as converts in other words people who are turning their lives over to christ uh, people for whom a conversion in their life uh, is the major uh, spiritual experience that is drawing them into the catholic community so uh, this is or, or it may be that that somebody has not belonged to any church at all uh, and has never been baptized and and not known much about jesus whatever and for the same reasons okay these people would be coming into our church and, and we would call them uh, we would speak about conversion being the basis of their of their coming and becoming a part of, of the church whereas the others who were raised in their churches and came to know the Lord Jesus uh, it's not so much conversion as maybe a filling out a uh, 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 a fulfillment of their or a completion or a perfecting of their life in Christ that brings them to the Catholic Church. So there's um, there's a, there are different people come from different circumstances, and uh, you know pastors in church, deacons, uh, uh, lay ministers in church. Uh, we you know I think everyone is sensitive to listening to what your story is. You know, and uh, what might be the reasons for your interest in our Catholic community? Are you coming as a Christian, having turned your life over to Christ, maybe even having been baptized, whatever? Are you coming as a Christian looking for something more that you find in our Catholic community? Or are you coming as someone? Uh, you know, maybe nominally who was this or that, or maybe you weren't anything at all. And here, you know, you want to come to know Jesus. And uh, you see the Christ life lived in a special way in the Catholic Church, and that draws you to the Catholic Church. Uh, you know, what makes you, you know, the heart of our church, you know, is not the church. The heart of the church is the Lord Jesus and our knowledge of him and uh, our, our surrender, our acceptance of him as our Lord and Savior, and our nourishing that relationship through our prayer, reading of scriptures, and things like that. Thank you, Father. This answers a lot of questions, and I'm hoping that in the future that we will be able to um, expand on this even further. Great. Thank you very right. much, Father. Okay, it was a pleasure. <laughs> God bless. Thank you. Yeah. You can find more talks like this at encounter-jesus-within.us.